Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Waiteka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, hello, everybody, and I hope that you are all doing well. My guest today is Catherine Graham. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Hi, Marcia. Thanks so, so much for having me today. You're welcome, and, and thank you for coming back, because I know we did this back in March when life began crazy, but we are yes, moving we forward. Yes, indeed. So Catherine Graham, for those of you listening, is the founder of the Financial Aid Shop, and she is also the creator of the Financial Aid Formula, which is a comprehensive online education program designed for parents with kids planning for college, and it's never too soon. I know that. We all know that. So I thought before we sort of dive into your subject, for those people that, that missed our first show when you were going to be doing a storyteller show with my our buddy Jim Mueller, um, please um, tell um, our audience a little bit about yourself. Well, sure. Since we started with the Storytime event that we will actually be having in October, because as you know, it was postponed. I will be talking about my experiences as a foster parent here in Los Angeles. And um, that was a a really exciting and painful experience, Marcia, as you know. We uh, raised uh, two boys for four years and then lost them uh, to, they went back to their mother. But that was a time in our lives where we were just rocking and rolling and helping kids uh, live happy, normal lives. Mm -hmm. But uh, a little bit more about me. I, um, in addition to foster parenting, I am a cat rescuer in rehab, (laughs) a little personal (laughs) note. Um, Mm -hmm. We all need our feline friends, and I have Opal here with me today. She's looking at me saying, who are you talking to? (laughs) But I um, really, at the heart of it, I am a, a vocationally driven college financial aid educator. I have worked for colleges and universities in admissions and financial aid for over 30 years and want to take this experience to help families navigate this crazy complex world of college financial aid and help families with college costs. I live here in Redondo Beach. I am an active member of local associations, the Chamber, just participated in a Shark Tank event with Redondo Beach Chamber. I'm active with the South Bay Business Women, where we award scholarships and host a conference for women every May, and active in my local community organization, the North Redondo Beach Business Association. My goodness. Do you have time for breakfast? I do. I have what's called <laughs> GLURP. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't even think I want to know what that, that is because it sounds nasty. Okay. <laughs> oh, but, uh, but please, but please pr- pet Opal for me and tell her I said hello. So let's, let's, let's talk about um, financial aid. And how, sure. So you mentioned that you're vocationally driven. How did you get started in the college financial aid business? 
Well, it was by accident, to tell you the truth. As a college student at the University of Redlands, I hosted prospective students overnight. And part of being a successful host is really understanding financial aid. So I would give these campus tours, walking backwards to prospective students, and I would talk about financial aid. And immediately after college, as we all know, we need to find a job. So I started giving campus tours and developed an overnight program at the now defunct Northrop University. Do you remember Northrop University out here out of Westchester? They were in Westchester I do. here in California. Mm-hmm. Yep, so that's yeah, I, I my started neighborhood. working there. With, yeah, I started working there with my first job. And while I was working in admissions, the director of financial aid quit, and the provost said, Catherine, can you go and keep the financial aid office open? And I said, well, I can do anything for, thir- for three days. And here <laughs> we are 30 years later. I'm still in the field. And um, yeah, so at first I didn't like it because it was hard because Mm -hmm. there is so much to do with rules and regulations. But then I found that I really liked it because it met two of my own personal needs. I liked working with money and helping families figuring out financing, but I also like the, the social justice side of it, helping making college available for students of all income levels. So I like the fact that financial aid serves both my financial interests and my interest in serving others. Oh, that's, that's, that's quite a great combination. And it's really interesting, on a, just on a side note, uh, it's interesting how people land careers. And mm-hmm. you've, you've shared a little bit about yours. My son actually goes back all the way to his high school days here in Westchester. As a student, he volunteered in the college office, which ultimately sent him on his road to his actual career. And just like what you were saying, helping students navigate. And for the longest time at the University of Arizona, and still, well, not today because of the virus, he still gives campus tours because he has such a driven belief in what college can mean to people. And you're right, Mm -hmm. and the affordability of it. And I think it's, Mm -hmm. it's just vital. So based on your 30 years of experience, how has it changed over the past 30 years? Well, I think the first thing that families have noticed is the high cost of college. It is very expensive. And when families ask me, why is it so expensive? The first two things that come to the table are the cost of maintaining employees is the first one and the cost of insurance. At the end Hmm. of the day, though, the cost for a college education is the same practically everywhere but it's about the subsidies that schools get from their state or local governments. So, for example, UCLA and USC, the the cost to educate is practically the same, but USC does not benefit from the tax revenues that our state generates to lower the cost of education like it does for UCLA. So I think the first thing is that it has gotten more expensive, I think the financial aid process has become more complicated over time. And I think for my colleagues that are working in the financial aid space, it is a much more difficult job because there are so many rules and regulations, not just from the federal government, but from the state government. 
And then schools need to recruit and retain students every year, which is a very difficult thing to do. Students are dependent on financial aid. The universities are dependent on the student. So there's this constant tension between price and financial aid and affordability that we didn't have when I started in this business 30 years ago. Isn't that something? And and then there's always that um, out-of-cost expense. And I can recall, frankly, and, and I'm going to just be interjecting sort of my own experiences putting two kids through college. My son got a master's degree. My daughter has just got her bachelor's. I don't mean just like that's insignificant. Also from UCLA. Um, my mm-hmm. son went to San Jose State, and then he went to Texas A&M. And... You know, it, it's it's really interesting because um, what I have what I found as the parent affording this experience was it seemed back in the days. Now my kids are in their forties that the cost of housing in some cases was more expensive than the actual tuition to attend, and you can't underestimate that if your child goes away to school that that there's there's that cost built into the problem. Am I right about that? Yes. The living expenses are what is hurting so many families today and where we're seeing a substantial amount of student debt being incurred to cover. The housing yeah. is a big one. Books books are more expensive. It is the, the entire cost of attendance that families need to look at, not just tuition and fees, but travel. They need to look mm-hmm. at the the cost of books do we buy do we rent do we live on campus do we live off campus with with roommates do we stay at home the the cheapest option these days is living at home and i know that that's not the viable option for for everyone but if a student can live at home in particular here in the state of california depending on their their financial situation they can get enough financial aid to cover tuition and fees it's all of those other expenses that are costing families so much money. Sure. Yes, that's really true. So what's so interesting is it's interesting how we all grow in our businesses. And I know you mentioned you've been doing this for 30 years, but you just recently, last month, had an anniversary because you launched yes. your own company called the Financial Aid Shop in May of 2019. What, what motivated you to start your own company? Well, first and foremost, having worked at so many different colleges and universities and the fact that I'm continuing to consult for colleges that need financial aid expertise. So at first, my, actually, if I could, my, my, my entrepreneurship began in 2015 when I started consulting for colleges and universities, Marcia. This was really how I started going from and a backroom employee working in financial aid, directing financial aid offices, to consulting for colleges and universities throughout the country. Um, taking all of that experience and using that to help others was really the motivation. I remember I was at an event and I was giving a presentation about my consulting business. And all of the women in the audience said, Catherine, why don't you just go and teach financial aid? That's what you love to do. That's what you have a gift in. That's what you're skilled at. You're good at taking this complex process and make it easy. Why don't you do that? 
And that was really when the day the concept of the financial aid shop started and re, me really taking seriously how I wanted to educate families and help them because the financial aid process is so stressful and so confusing and families do worry about whether or not they can afford college. So mm-hmm. that was really it. I, I feel really fortunate. I've had the benefit of working with the Small Development Business Center. I think that's a great resource for new businesses. There's one here at El Camino College. And mm. they've really helped me with some of the organizational efforts, really understanding how to do, some, do marketing, learning about QuickBooks, and they helped me with some legal things like getting my uh, trademarking for my business. And they've helped me apply for grants and contracts with organizations. So um, launching the company has taken some time, but in May of 2019, really put myself out there and launched the financial aid formula, which is my online course. Well, it's pretty, it's pretty great. Um, and I applaud you for being able to stick with it when it's not easy to negotiate those waters. And for those of you that are listening, I just want you to know that Catherine has a fabulous website, and it's, it's impossible not to remember. It's simply the three W's, and then it's make sure you put the word the. It's a the financial aid shop, and I'm sure you can all spell that. So. I, I I encourage you to visit to visit Catherine's um, page because there's a lot of really really important information. You know I I'm a glossary person and I'm a words person, and while I may know the answer to this, there may be somebody listening that doesn't know the answer to this. So would you define what is the difference between college and university? Well, these days and age, when you're, when you're Googling college or university, most colleges and universities will come up. But the primary difference is that a university is one that is going to offer advanced degrees, PhDs, EDDs, where a college might offer just a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. So it's really about the highest level of attainment. That's a great answer, and for those of you listening, maybe you didn't know that, and so now you do, because we obviously here just in the state of California where we both live, we're neighbors, um, we do have a Cal State system, we do have Mm -hmm. a university system, and of course we have private colleges. There's a walking distance college to my house, Loyola Marymount, is literally three or four blocks from my home, so... Whatever students are are choosing to do along with their parents to making these decisions, you know, sometimes you don't even know what you want to study. And I, I don't know if all high schools offer college offices. Certainly Westchester High did when my kids were there. Have you found that there are college offices with, with counselors um, in the high school, the local high schools around the country? There are high school counselors for the most part, at high schools throughout the country. But it really is dependent on the resources that that high school has. I've worked with some high schools that have just a few things on their website and a counselor that works part-time, where there are other high schools where they have five or six counselors that are working with families to help them prepare for college as early as ninth grade. What I'd Mm -hmm. really like to see, Marcia, is that our high schools 
um, have access to financial aid literacy for their for their students and perhaps even middle schools. I think families yeah. really need to start planning for college and financial aid as early as possible, but at a minimum as early as eighth grade because it does take so long for families to learn what they need to know, understand the vocabulary, and get what I would call their financial aid numbers so that they can really decide if the college is affordable for them or not. Mm-hmm. Well, so in keeping with that, so you, you've launched this, this fabulous business with, with a ton of experience behind you. What is your mission? What, what's, the, what's the mission of your, of your company? So our mission is to change the way families think about and plan for college and are able to have information that they need. Let's get back to those financial aid numbers. I know we'll talk about them a little bit. Mm -hmm. But have information to select a college that they and their student can afford. Financial aid, paying for college is challenging, and I want to take the worry away, the stress away, so that families can have a great senior year in high school. We mm-hmm. want students to be able to graduate as quickly as possible. But ultimately, my mission is to help families get financial aid and scholarships and plan for a debt-free college education. Wow. Listen to everybody. I, I hope you heard just what she said, which was what Catherine just said, which is debt-free. Um, that's yeah. pretty pretty remarkable, and I know that that's what it says right on your website is mm-hmm. is to graduate from college debt free wouldn't that be wonderful so who who are your clients who 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 seeks out your services well my ultimate client is a family who is planning and preparing for their child's educational endeavors but to reach families and students i also work with schools and school districts businesses, and nonprofit organizations. So working with an organization, say, for example, the YMCA, mm-hmm. I develop partnerships with YMCAs and then educate their students through either in-person financial aid training or in this day and age through online uh, remote programs that we offer. But my goal is that I reach as many families through as many channels as possible. So first and foremost on my website, as you know, Marsha, I have an online program that I sell uh, that I sell and offer directly to parents. But mm-hmm. when I work with schools and business organizations, they make my programs available to their clients, members, or customers. So ultimately, the client is the parent, but it could come uh, through these other organizations that are looking to add value to existing products or services that they provide or to help their families prepare for college. That's, that's so great. I don't, I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but I worked for the Westchester YMCA for 10 years. I retired back in 2015. I know that, you know, Life has been sort of put on hold for so many of us right now. That looks like maybe um, some of the gyms may begin to start opening at the end of this week. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that you had a relationship with the YMCA's. Is it through LA Metro, or is it through specific Y's in general, or is it across the country? It, it's just, it's just, it's just connection and word of mouth to different YMCA's. Okay. Yeah. okay. As it is with with any entrepreneur, it's about 
getting the word out and mm-hmm. sharing the message and uh, letting people know what you do. And, and I think at the end of the day, being passionate about what it is you're trying to do. And that's really, I think, what's driven our successes as far as that I just remain passionate about the topic and want to make right. a difference. That's great. Well, I, at some point, Catherine, off, the, off air, I will certainly connect you to our local executive director. And I know you said you're That's involved okay. in the chamber, as I am. I'm involved in the LAX chamber. I'm also involved in the Rotary. So there's a lot of different ways that, that I can work with you to maybe get your message in front of others as well. But I love that. Thank I you. Would, I would love to do that. So when we, we you mentioned your your missions. But let's talk specifically about your goals. What, let's talk about specifically what your goals are. So my first goal is to provide a comprehensive education program to families so that they can get their numbers. And what do I mean by their numbers? Is that every family at the senior year of high school will have access to uh, through completing the free application for federal student aid, the FAFSA, they'll have access to what the federal government refers to as their EFC. This is the expected family contribution or what the federal government thinks that they can pay. Families need this number before the senior year. Planning and doing financial aid in the senior year is way too much and it's way too, way too stressful and it's confusing. So by educating early students and their family as early as eighth grade, we can get them their expected family contribution or what the federal government thinks that they can pay. Mm -hmm. This is an important number for families to know, Marcia, because the second goal is that I want students and their families to explore colleges that are realistic related to their ability to pay. I work with families and they say, my son wants to go to school XYZ and we're going to do absolutely everything possible to make it happen. They call me a couple of years later and they say, we've drained our retirement. We've borrowed $75,000. Our student is taking out a private loan and we don't know how we're going to see our student through graduation. Mm-hmm. This breaks my heart, Marcia. So mm-hmm. by giving families access to financial data that is applicable to their unique circumstances, they can guide and coach their conversations with their students about affordability and the realities of their household situation. Uh, the, the third goal is that I want families to really understand the outcomes of the college experiences of the students that have attended any school before them. One of the things that we know is that we have a $1.6 trillion student loan debt in our country, and I don't want our families to continue to add to this number. So Mm -hmm. families need to understand why this debt is happening, and a lot of it is because it's taking longer to graduate. The federal government, when when I went to school, even 10, 15 years ago, it was the norm to graduate in four years. But now Mm -hmm. the federal government is calculating graduation rates at six to eight years. So if you're if a family is looking at a college and sees that it's a, a general, uh, let's say a larger percent of students are taking six or eight years to graduate, a family should look and say, wow, should I plan for a six, seven or eight year graduation? And if so, do they have the money to 
make that happen. So it's important for families to know really what to expect, not just from their own financial situation, but from the education institution that they're looking at. A couple of you know, other things that are important. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I'm sorry. Please, well, please finish your thought. Okay. A couple so of other, other things you want to... Is, Mm-hmm. Sure. So the other thing that I think is really important for families to know as they're looking at colleges and managing expectations is their ability to get into college. And so there are tools out there that families can look at to understand the, the admission rate, the, the graduation rates are important. It's important for students to know how many students start as a freshman and continue at that school as a sophomore. So really the goal, the higher achieving overarching goal is for families to have access to data and know how to use that data so that they can apply that to their own students' successes in high school, take their financial story, their financial history, their financial future, get their EFC, know how much college is going to cost, and then use all of that for their college search so that they can ultimately select a college that both the student and parent can afford. Well, you know, I'm, and I apologize for interrupting. I'm taking notes and listening and doing all of that. And what occurs to me is that many of us, I'm presuming most of us, have more than one child wanting to go to college. And so mm-hmm. if it costs X, Y, Z for Susie to go to college because she's three years older than Bobby, Bobby's going to be going to college too, and maybe he's in the fifth grade as we're in the eighth grade with Susie. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's not just Susie and Bobby, but what about the twins? They're going to go to college too. You know, so I would imagine, like you said, this is a very complex. I mean, I, I, it, it must be. I, I'm grateful I'm not dealing with this right now, but I would imagine this is a very stressful thing for parents to come to grips with and it's so wonderful that you are in a position i don't know of any other company that does what you do but that that can provide really great information and i just i think it's fabulous what what you're doing i i just i think it's really great because college is expensive and i don't know um if part of what you recommend for some families, a lot of families, is to maybe start at what we used to call a junior college. I don't know if they're called city colleges now with transferable credits. The kids that take AP classes and take AP tests and pass those and how that applies, I don't know if those if that's even in place. It certainly was when my kids were going to college. I, I, I would presume that are some of those things also what you talk about? Absolutely, because all of those things are part of college affordability. So if a student is taking and passes three AP classes and then is able to take those credits and apply them to their first year and perhaps graduate a semester early, that could save that family money in that they're only paying for three and a half years of college education. Mm -hmm. But what we find in the data is that the AP testing and what the students are learning are really helping them in their academics in college, but we're finding that students are still taking the traditional four or five years to graduate. So it really takes dedication and planning on behalf of the student, and yes, we do talk about that 
in our course, the financial aid formula. Perfect. Perfect. That's good to know. Well, speaking about where we are today and, you know, the elephant in the room, obviously COVID-19 has changed every aspect of our lives, whether you're my age, whether you're your age, whether you're the, the kid in the third grade that's sitting at home trying to get their work on Zoom. I mean, what are you saying to families right now that, that are getting their kids ready to go to college and plan with this COVID-19 hanging over mm-hmm. us right now? Yeah, it is certainly a uh, challenging and I know very disappointing time for our high school seniors. They've missed out on so much this semester. So I want to do want to give them a big a big virtual hug and shout out. Uh, we're so proud of their accomplishments, uh, mm-hmm. completing a semester remotely. I know they've missed so many high school events, but every time I see a post on Facebook with a college graduate, I do give a shout out. At the end of the day really where families can be empowered and get away, get uh, away from the stress and worries about their decision-making is to really, in particular for our high school seniors that are planning on college this fall, is to really stay in touch with the college or university that they're looking at. Last time I checked, 67% of colleges in the United States were going to be opening up for live and in-person learning and residence hall with some kind of blended online learning as well. As you know, Marcia, the CSUs, or maybe you don't know, the CSUs will be 100% yes. online for the fall. And I okay. appreciate and respect, respect that decision. But yeah. for our high school seniors, really just stay in touch with the school. The summertime is an important time for, for, for students to register for classes, get involved in orientation, make their uh, uh, housing accommodations and selections. So my first and foremost advice is is to not ignore any email or communication from the school and take a proactive approach and constantly be watching what's happening at the school that they are looking at at the fall. For our students that are considering the transfer option and perhaps starting at the local community college, I think it's a great idea. However, if students are starting at the transfer at the community college level, it's a really good idea to make sure that they're taking courses that will transfer back to their four-year university. We don't want this time to be wasted. Mm -hmm. And it's really important that the the student or the parent contact the financial aid office of the four-year university that they were planning on attending and ask if they will be able to keep all of the financial aid that they received as a first-time, first-year freshman. So the community college, if that's an option, if if the student was planning on, on going away but now has decided to stay local and stay at home, really being strategic about this first semester community college experience is really important we don't want them to waste a semester. The other conversation that we're hearing, Marcia, is that Mm -hmm. families are considering taking a gap year or a gap semester. This is a worrisome it means that they're just not going to go to school. Really? They're going to stay home and perhaps work community service or do some other online learning that they can do. Uh, it, it, it is a, something that in, 
before COVID, families would send their kids abroad for a gap year to get some international experience, perhaps learn a new language. And many times families would, uh, would explore the gap year to give their student time to really figure out what they wanted to do. Now, all of these things are good, mm-hmm. but what happens with students that take a gap year, unless they're very strategic and have a plan, students lose access to counseling support services. They disconnect mm-hmm. from their friends and family that are in college. And the other thing that I worry about in particular in this day and age is that families that allow their kids to gap year, when they do graduate four or five years from now, they will be graduating with an entirely different graduating class and perhaps a larger class competing in the job market. So I worry that the gap year could be more expensive in the long run than say going to the community college and taking 12 units to transfer to the four year so that once they get to the four year, they only need to take three and a half years to complete Mm -hmm. their degree. Some good news on the federal government front. The the federal government has uh, deferred all student loan payments for students that are currently in repayment. So no student loan payments need to be made and the interest rate is at 0%. This is through September of 2020, and it could be deferred depending on what happens in September of 2020. But that will be something that will be interesting for our new borrowers, but for our our students that are already in repayment, there are flexibilities right now so that students don't have to worry about making their student loan payment. So no student loan payments are required without interest. There's no interest through September of 2020, if they want to continue to pay it because they've got the money set aside for that, can they do that? that, Can that work to their advantage? Absolutely, and I would strongly encourage any family or student that can make a payment do so. Can they just make a reduced payment? or I mean, I don't know how that works. Sure. So right now, a student in repayment has – is on some kind of student loan repayment plan based on their income and their ability to pay. The federal government provides substantially, uh, has a lot of options for students to make their student loan payments. So at a minimum, students have, you know, in the old days we had coupon books, but now students repay their loans to a federal government student loan servicer. Payments are typically um, automatically deducted from the checking account. That auto pay has been turned off. So if a student wants to make any kind of payment, they would, should contact their student loan servicer and um, they would either have to make a, a one-time EFT payment or mm-hmm. send in a check. But Got they it. should work directly with their student loan servicer on making any payments. And I would strongly encourage families if they do so to, to make payments during this time, even though they don't have to. Right. You know, it's so interesting I would say, based on my experience as a as a volunteer and working in the school system in that capacity while my kids were in school, I didn't find that most kids had any idea what they wanted to get out of going to college as far as what they wanted to study. I mean, it's so interesting. You know, my daughter got a degree in theater arts. She is in the field of commercial construction. Sometimes college 
takes a detour, and what you end up getting out of your college experience is a college experience. And I know that that's been so interrupted right now, and I feel so bad for kids that have had that interrupted. Um, When you start talking, let's talk about your online thing, because your online thing, I don't want to call it an online thing, your online program, which is your your formula that we spoke about earlier. I would love to hear about your online course and who it's designed for and how does this all work. Maybe that will answer some of my questions. So who is this program designed for online? So thank you. This is my uh, my exciting accumulation of my 30 years of financial aid experience wrapped up mm-hmm. into the financial aid formula. And online, I have the program for FAFSA filers. Those are students that are eligible to receive federal financial aid here in the United States. And the financial aid formula empowers families with the knowledge and the vocabulary. Uh, We take away their fears and stresses and worries about how much college is going to cost because they already know. We give them knowledge and a sense of expertise so that they can coach their students to select a college that they can afford and also provide them with the educational experiences that they're looking for. We provide confidence to parents. I talk to parents all the time. I have one dad, Marsha, he said, you know, Catherine, I've been putting my head in the sand. I don't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. So through our our program, he uh, ended the program, and he is now able to call the financial aid office. And they can hear him coming, Marcia. He is just mm-hmm. he's strong in his voice and he's strong in his tone. And he is able to negotiate with the colleges now to make college more affordable for his kids. And that's really ultimately what we want to do at the core is empower families, get rid of the stress, and help them uh, with their confidence and knowledge so that they can select a college and coach their kids to success. The program is available for any family member. I have grandparents that are taking our course. I have parents with two and three kids in college that are taking our course. I have high school counselors that have taken the course. It is really a tool for anyone that wants to have a comprehensive set of resources that is in a video for the course is a video is a video course. It's 18 mm-hmm. videos. We talk about everything from to your point earlier about exploring your, your students' interests, doing exploration on, on what excites them and what they're good at, to tying that to a major that would be applicable to a career goal. And then we talk about all of the financial aid programs from the federal government to the state government to the school. We talk about um, how to appeal for financial aid. We talk about how to keep financial aid in college. We talk about how to minimize and limit debt. We talk about resources for parents. But this course has been designed for anyone who really wants to be become their own their family's own financial aid expert that really want to be empowered and have a really great and successful senior year in high school. So Marcia, it's for grandparents, aunts and uncles, it's for families and students, it's for counselors, it's for business owners who want to provide added value service. There's no limit to who can benefit from the financial aid formula for FAFSA filers. Our online program, 18 videos, it comes with workbooks and work, worksheets 
resources and tools. I even have some articles for families to read. At the end of the day, this is my accumulation of my, my 30 years of financial aid experiences working at USC, Whittier College, Loyola Marymount University, uh, a half a dozen colleges and universities throughout the country. And it's current, it's relevant, it's updated to make sure that it's adhering to the rules and regulations that come from the federal and state government. And Marsha, one of the things that I'm really proud of is that I don't charge for having more than one family member in college. So if you purchase the financial aid formula, it will be for the entire family. Oh, and I don't, I don't charge more for the second year or the third year. You'll have access to the financial aid formula as long as your family needs it. Wow. That's so great. And I, I'm looking at that part of your website right now, which I'd like to remind people it's at the com, and there is a pull down to the financial aid formula. And the, the offer is, is extended there, and you've reduced it dramatically. Once people uh, participate in your program and they and they get these 18 videos and they get their work, workbooks and worksheets and all of this relevant matter, is this something that they can go back, say, and say, darn, what was that, what was that video about XYZ? Can they go back and see it again? Do they have access to it? Absolutely. It is a, so oh, I like have a made it a program. That is a wow. resource for as long as family needs it. So um, the program right now is, is $197. I've re- reduced it substantially. I'm calling it a super yes. sale from $497 because yes. families need access to this data. And with schools being closed for the summer, with, uh, with resources at the high school being limited this spring, colleges, financial aid offices are only dealing by email or phone. Our families need access to this morning, so I'm really proud and pleased to be offering this at this low price of $197. Families mm-hmm. have access to it as long as they need it. And, yes, if you go through it and you say, oh, I want to look back and t- learn more about resources for parents mm-hmm. or how to appeal for additional financial aid, mm-hmm. they can go right back to one of those videos. I have a map, a mapping on the program. And it's easy breezy. It's just a simple login to get back in and rewatch and watch the content. And I strongly encourage families to watch it with their student who's planning for college. Yes. Because at the end of the day, Marcia, families don't know this, that financial aid, the colleges believe that the financial aid is really the student's responsibility. And it limits their conversation with parents. So it's important for students to understand dates and deadlines. It's important for students to know how to apply and to talk to their parents about money because mm-hmm. this is really a partnership. Let me let me put you on the spot, but let me ask you this question as well because this isn't just for people that live local like you and I. These, this this mm-hmm. goes across the country, which is beautiful. Are you ever able to offer it in another language or is it only in English? It's a great question, Marsha. I'm really pleased. I have a a relationship with a very, 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 very large school district here in California, and there are conversations about a partnership to to turn this into other languages. I would love to do that. That would that would be that is probably. Why don't I say I'd like to put that on my 2021 goal list? We could re-talk about this in 2020. Yes, and and maybe have it in other languages. 
But more importantly, Marcia, or as important as offering it in other languages, I do also educate two other groups of students that, that are in, in dire need of this education experience that I offer. I have this same program for foster youth who okay. need to be able to learn more about college financial aid, and they have to navigate this um, on their own. So I, I really speak to the foster youth, and this brings back my passion and as a foster mm -hmm. parent. And then I also offer this for our California Dreamers. These are our students here in California that don't have eligibility for the federal financial aid, but would have eligibility for campus or college and university financial aid and state financial aid. Wow. So that's, we're trying that's... to really bring this out in the open to, to as many families because college costs the same for everyone. The, the sticker price right. is the same, but the, the, the mm -hmm. amount of financial aid that they get really depends on how much they know and what their finances look like. Just out of curiosity, if someone was in part of this foster um, care program, is there a different website that they would visit, or would how would they begin that, that dialogue? So, so, so that's a great question, Marcia. Right now, the, my foster care program is only available through foster care agencies. Okay. I don't have it available for individual foster youth. Oh, that's fine, but the, that's, yeah, actually just the fact that foster care agencies have have access as as well as the California Dreamers. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. That's terrific. God, that is just so great. I know we could talk forever about this, but I want to talk about something that happened pretty darn exciting this past week because there's that other aspect of affording college, which are scholarships. And you mentioned, you know, you're – you're the chairman of um, of a scholarship committee for the South Bay Business Women's Association, and specifically, is it specific because it's the South Bay Women's? Okay, pay attention, Marcia. So you just had a big um, event this week or two ago. Tell me about the seven women that received um, scholarships. So the scholarship organization, the the organization that Marcia is talking about, is the South Bay. Business Women's Association, and we are a group of like-minded businesswomen. We don't have to be self-employed or an entrepreneur to be in our group, but our primary goal is to raise money for student scholarships, and every year we offer seven scholarships to women who reside here in the South Bay, and we are a little bit different than many scholarship organizations because we offer our scholarships to both new students that are going to be attending college for the first time in the fall and to students that are already in college. We don't see very many organizations that offer scholarships for students already in college. And these students could be undergraduate or graduate students. Hmm. Okay. And we, we, are, we are so thrilled this year. We, we offered our, our women the scholarship. It's normal for us in a, in a regular year to have uh, announced our winners at our conference, the South Bay Women's Conference. But unfortunately, with COVID, we weren't able to do that. So we had our scholarship reception uh, last Wednesday and mm -hmm. introduced our, our winners. We have winners that are attending uh, Stanford. We have students that are attending schools out of state, at one from Michigan. We have some that are uh, attending uh, UCLA. 
but all of our winners are, are shared on our website. It's sbbwa.org. And it is so wonderful to be able to make a lot, uh, the difference in the lives of these, these women planning and um, planning for college, going to college, helping them with the high cost of college. And as the chair of the SBBWA, it's just part of the good work that I love doing, and I'm so honored. This was my second year as scholarship chair, and yes, I've committed to doing this again next year. But I love it is it. important work, and it's just another way for families to. Um, it's another way for families to pay less for college by seeking these outside scholarships. You bet. So, speaking of scholarships. Can you just give us a couple of tips for people listening on on scholarships? Is all of that also part of your online program? So I have an entire video dedicated to how to apply and receive scholarships. I have lots of tips and tricks, uh, not only from my years of working in college financial aid, but also as part of my work with the South Bay Business Women's Association. A couple of tips, Marcia. One, I think it's important for students to always, every single year, seek out scholarships. And in this day and age, it's mostly done on the web. And mm-hmm. when students are looking at scholarships, I always recommend that they start locally. They should start in their hometown, look for Rotary, look at Kiwanis, look at mm-hmm. org- men's organizations, women organizations, because there the pool of applicants will be smaller and more mm-hmm. concentrated. Once they've looked at the local organizations, then go regional and then national. There's several scholarship search engines that are available out there for families to enter in their information and then uh, some demographic and information about the students and then the, 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 the program will look for scholarship matches. If a student spends two hours applying for scholarships and receives a one $1,000 scholarship, that student just made $500 an hour. So it's Mm -hmm. worth the time often for students to apply for these scholarships because a scholarship received will typically will will reduce the student loan debt in their financial aid package or reduce the amount that the parent will have to pay out of pocket. So applying for outside scholarships is a really good idea and for any listener that might have a student that's not yet uh, in college, I recommend that the parent or the student look at the local high schools for scholarships that might be available. That get, gets back to starting really locally. So even mm-hmm. if a student or a parent is looking at scholarships nationally at one of these search engines, go back to the local high school or maybe a couple of the high schools in the area for the local scholarships. That's how most of the women find out about this, the South Bay Business Women's Association scholarship. You're, you're so right. I just have to give a shout-out to the Playa Venice Rotary. We gave out $13,000 about three weeks ago to 13 kids, all getting $1,000. It didn't matter if they were in public school or private school. They were just schools within our basic service area, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, because of COVID, we weren't able to physically see them. But, oh, my gosh, it, it is, it's so meaningful, and it makes you feel so good. And if you belong to organizations, Kiwanis, Rotary, 
whatever your organization of choice, um, these these scholarships are just incredible. It must make you feel so good to be involved in something like this. I just I just can't imagine. Um, you know, I'm a story collector. All right. So in, in these last ten minutes or thereabouts that we have together, let why don't you share a story or two about a success story that you've experienced doing this for so many years? Well, the the success stories for me are the ones where the confidence in the parents is amazing. Families start feeling stressed and worried. They're confused. They don't understand the language. But when I hear them talk on a free call that I have on Thursday nights, or they send me an email and they're speaking the language, or they call me back and said, I just called the financial aid office and they didn't talk down to me. I was able to mm. speak their language and get more financial aid because I was talking like a financial aid expert. That's mm. when I really feel that I'm, I'm making a difference in building confidences in, in parents and that they're able to coach their students to success. I already mentioned Greg, who said he had put his head in the sand and he just was so afraid to start because he didn't know where to go. Marcia, if you Googled financial aid, there'd be a trillion results that would pop up in 4.6 seconds or less. It's hmm. crazy how much information is out there. So by condensing, I'm, I know I'm saying condensing with 18 videos, but with this <laughs> 18 videos, families are are able to get their numbers. So I have a success story of a grandmother uh, who took my class and she was unsure how to save for college for her students. Through my program, she was not only to help her, her daughter and her granddaughter save for college, but she has been able to empower her granddaughter by sharing the knowledge that she's learned. And her daughter is taking the course as well. So it is not just a single generation effort. It is a multi-generational effort. Families that have taken my course have been able to appeal for additional financial aid, which is something that I encourage every family to do every single year with or without COVID-19. But it's not something that you can just write to the financial aid office and say, hey, give me more money. There is a strategy and there is language and there are things that you should say and there's things that you shouldn't say and there's forms you should submit and forms that you shouldn't submit. So our families have been able to get more financial aid because they're speaking the language. And Marcia, I just, I feel so excited. It's, it's satisfying after talking to a parent. I go to bed smiling, thinking that I've made the difference in the lives of families with this confusing and stressful process. Oh, you're, you're right. And I suppose the beauty of where we are today in today's technolo technological world is that if you do have access to the Internet, and I'd like to think that you do in our in these families, limited or unlimited, that you, I mean, well, first of all, you're going to need it to take the online course, obviously. But um, if you can reduce that stress, which it is, it is stressful. You have a kid that, that really does want to go to Stanford. You have a kid that really does want to go to 
another school that maybe is out of state, but that's where your the aunts and uncles live, and so you can maybe live with your aunt over in Michigan, and live in Ann Arbor and go to the University of Michigan. You know, there's so many contributing factors, um, and if you wait until your kid is in the you know the summer of the tenth grade, and you're thinking, oh dang, I better start thinking about college. Well, guess what? You're you're kind of behind the cue ball. You need to get in front of this. And I, I would like to think that you mentioned that a lot of counselors are, are involved in this, and that that I think is great. And and it it is affordable. And and for though and 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 you also mentioned, and I think this is interesting too. So you do make yourself accessible by phone, don't you, for for those that really need to speak to you directly, don't you? I do. I, I work. I really want to make a difference, and. Let me share a couple of ways if, the, if, if families want to learn more about me personally and my work yes. and my style. I am, am active and contributing to the Financial Aid Shop's Facebook page quite regularly where I do videos and I offer, offer tips and tricks, uh, share what's happening in the industry, what's happening with the, with the federal government and our state government. So if, if, if you have a, a listener that would like to join and follow the financial aid shop on Facebook. There's lots of good uh, tools and Wonderful. information there. I do have a newsletter, Marcia, that I offer oh. every Friday night where I offer four tips every Friday. And these four tips might be uh, for a specific target audience, but are also learning opportunities for families that are planning and preparing for college. But to make myself accessible, I do offer Yes, I do take phone calls. I do answer questions via email. But on Thursday nights from 6 to 7 on Zoom, I offer a live coaching call where parents and students can come in and ask any financial aid question they want, even an admissions question or a college question. I am available from 6 to 7 p.m. to answer any questions. And I love that hour. Sometimes I have guest speakers. I had a professor from USC join me uh, last week. And help me kind of answer some of the questions about uh, a particular major. So all of these resources are available uh, on my website. Uh, You have to sign up for my newsletter, sign up for the live coaching calls. We'll give you all the links to join the Zoom call on Thursdays. And I do have a free guide. Uh, I did a presentation yesterday, and I said I have 1,000 tips, but in this free guide, I offer five college planning tips to get financial aid and scholarships. And I think that the first five most important tips for families as they're starting their college search process. Wow. Okay. Oh, my goodness. So you, okay. So the key is you need to go to your website. I'm there right now. All right. (laughs) I want to get your newsletter. So where do I find that on your website? So actually, Marcia, I I want to, so if you went to the four families tab, Okay, you learn a I'm little there. bit about the program and go to the very end, and then you'll see my newsletter. I'm working on getting that newsletter tab moved up to the top now, so I apologize I that it. it's not super simple this morning, but it will be available okay. uh, this right. week. And then I will um, link that in my, my – okay, go ahead. And okay, the free guide the is available right smack on my homepage. 
Okay, and the guide. I'm gonna go right back over there. So that's the that's the download. The, the oh, that's your free, oh my God, it's your free guide. Of course it is. So download your free guide, everybody. Come on now, that is obviously <laughs> um, that's free. And as far as the Zoom, where would they find that? Under programs, you'll find programs. more information about the financial aid formula for FAFSA filers and join the live Q and A. Oh, yes, there is. So join the live Q&A. My God. Wow. Do you, I see your sweet little face there. Okay. I will make sure, Catherine, that everybody knows about the, those offers, not just to visit the page, but those specific um, links so that people can truly um, make it simple. But, my gosh, you know, it, it's School is going to be out. There's another one week of school. Kids are going to be having their virtual graduations. You know, there's time. A lot of families are home right now. You've provided such incredible resources for people. And I'm just, I am so, I love the subject. Okay, so I have to admit to that up front. I love the subject. I love what it means. I know what it means to have your children go through college. Whether you can afford it or not is is not the subject. The subject is if you need to learn about navigating this. You're a working parent. You can't pop into the college office at your high school because guess what? We don't even know if they're going to be there or not. So take the incentive, take the initiative, and take the resources that you have offered and for I, I, the, everything doesn't cost. Like you said, you can get the newsletter, you can get the Q and A. I think this is brilliant, Catherine. Truly, I, I've I've enjoyed this hour with you so so much. Wow. <sighs> well, thank you, Marsha. We have talked a lot, and it's a it's a, a lot to cover. I'm so passionate. I wish I could talk about it all day long, but we have these resources available, and I look forward to working with your audience. Well, I, and me as well, and I feel like please use me also as a resource for you. I will make sure that I get it across all of my social media platforms so that people can have this opportunity to really listen to this one-hour podcast. Yes, there are no commercials. You can start it. You can stop it. You can take notes. I think that if people will visit your page, it will answer a great deal of your questions there. And this is this has been an honor. And I didn't know, as a side note, that you guys are going to um, be doing your South Bay Story shows in October. So I definitely look forward to clapping for you in the audience. And great, thank you. I just, I just think this has just been fabulous. And Catherine, I just want to just end this with this last thing. I don't know. I don't deliberately just choose women to be guests on my show. I don't only do nonprofits. I don't only do authors, but I just have to just conclude the show by telling you about next week's show. I don't know how many of you have ever heard of the nonprofit called the Gentle Barn. It's um, it's in it's in oh gosh in Calabasas, and Ellie Lax is the uh, founder of Gentle Barn, and it's it's a place to rehab, not the dog and the cat, but the farm animals. And she is going to be a guest on my show next week. I, I have really interesting people, which 
which really fills me up, I must just say, I am so grateful to be able to do this show every week and have people that are contributing to what is great and what is helping us. And whether it's a foster kid or it's a dreamer or whomever, thank you, Catherine, for for making a difference for children and their families. It's 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 been a pleasure having you today. Thank you, Marcia. It's been a pleasure joining you. Okay. So goodbye, everybody. Stay safe. Take care of yourself and the ones you're with. And I'll see you next week. Bye for now.